0: The text that calls for our attention this Resurrection Day is the Gospel reading from John chapter 20, the account of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, and from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Greeks had sieged the city of Troy for ten years, and yet still could not claim victory. That is when they came up with a plan that has lived in infamy ever since. They built a large wooden horse and placed their best warriors inside of it. Other Greeks retreated from the city gates in order that the men of Troy might think that they had abandoned the siege. Once everything appeared to be gone, the men of Troy opened up the gates which had remained closed for ten long years. Outside they found that massive wooden horse the Greeks had left behind. They decided to claim it as the ultimate symbol of their victory. They rolled it through the gate, placing it right into the heart of their city. When darkness fell, the Greek warriors quietly exited their wooden horse and then boldly defeated the warriors of Troy. They were caught totally by surprise. The men of Troy had swallowed with glee the very thing that would destroy them. They were destroyed from the inside out. Their fate was sealed that day. Listen to how Martin Luther described the events... Of Good Friday through Sunday morning. Christ died. Death devoured the Son of God, for this person is God, and since both God and man in one indivisible person entered into the belly of death and the devil, death ate a morsel that ripped its stomach open. It was the counsel of God the Father from eternity to destroy death, ruin the kingdom of the devil. And give the devil a little pill which he would gleefully devour, but which would cause a great rumpus in his belly and in the world. Now the Lord wants to say, For is it a miracle that I, the Son of Man and the Son of God, in one person am sacrificed to death and enter the jaws of death and the devil? But I shall not remain there, "'Not only will I come forth again, but I will also rip open death's belly. "'For the poison is too potent, and death itself must die.'" Sounds a lot like the Trojan horse, doesn't it? Yes, God placed that wooden cross with his son's body hanging right upon it, outside the city gate, and the devil could not resist the bait. He wanted that trophy as his own. It would be the great symbol of his victory. He had killed the very Son of God. And so he rolled that body right inside of death itself. He placed the body of Jesus in death's tomb and had it sealed from the outside by the rulers of the world. He had won. Can you imagine the rejoicing on Good Friday night among the devil and his demons? This was their master's greatest moment. Sure, he had fallen from grace in the beginning. He had been defeated by Jesus out in the wilderness despite trying his best temptations, but finally a victory, finally the victory. But then, in the darkness of that moment, Jesus was made alive in the Spirit. He descended into hell and crashed the unholy revelry of the devil and his demons. He arrived and proclaimed that what the devil had thought was his greatest victory was in fact his final defeat. He turned their rejoicing into mourning. Then came Sunday morning. And Jesus did more that day than just leave the tomb. No, he destroyed death itself. He bursted out of the tomb, destroying death once and for all. Yes, death had swallowed the pill that proved poisonous to it. It swallowed a thorn which burst open its belly. It swallowed God himself and could not hold him in. Martin Luther wrote those words we heard moments ago as he reflected on perhaps the most beloved verse in all of the scripture, John 3.16. He wrote them to explain how it was possible for all who believed in Jesus to not perish, but have eternal life. How was that possible? Well, Jesus had to be swallowed up by death, and then destroy it from the inside out. That was the only way those perishing could instead live. It was the only way that eternal life could be the end of all who placed their trust in him. And today we celebrate that that is exactly what he has done. Not only is Jesus once dead alive, but death that once lived, it's dead. And that is worth celebrating. It means the accident that took your loved one did not have the final word. It means that the disease did not really win the battle against your friend. It means that what you saw by that bedside was not really their final breath. No, death has been defeated. Jesus entered death and destroyed it from the inside out. Its iron grip was relaxed forever. Oh, everyone had always figured that once death got a hold of someone, the story was over. After all, it sure seems that way from what the eyes can see and what the ears can hear when death comes. No one had ever defeated death. Many had fought valiantly against it, but none had ever won. And no human had even considered that someone might be able to beat death even after death did its worst. That is why Mary Magdalene just assumed that the body of Jesus had been moved when it was not found in the tomb. That's why Peter did not simply proclaim the resurrection when Mary told him that the body was gone. It is why Mary could not even recognize Jesus through her watery eyes in the garden. And it is also how we are tempted to mourn as those who have no hope. When death swallows up someone we love. Oh, we should know better, but so should have Mary and Peter and John. Jesus had assured them beforehand that he would rise, and we have been assured that he did rise. And yet when death comes, it just all seems so unlikely that there is more to the story. Death wins. It always wins. We can hardly shake the feeling that death, when it comes, wins forever. But that is why we are here today. Peter looked inside the tomb and believed that Jesus was alive. Today we do the same. We look inside the belly of death, now ripped open by Jesus, and believe. Mary saw the Lord and believed. We behold the Lord in his supper this day and believe. She heard him call her name and believed. We ponder our status as the children of God called by name and believe. Through the Spirit's work, we leave here today, believing that indeed God has defeated sin, death, and the devil. And we believe that he did so in a way that was rather humiliating in regards to the devil himself. While the devil and his demons thought they had won, God knew that their joy would be short-lived. Jesus had only been rolled into the quarters of death to destroy it. Their laughter was silenced by God's own when he raised up Jesus from the dead. The devil and death's fate was sealed just when they thought they had won. God cut them down and made a spectacle of them. For a hundred years now, many parts of the Greek Orthodox Church have celebrated this fact by setting aside the day after Easter for telling jokes. They seek to echo the cosmic joke that God played on Satan in the resurrection. Yes, Satan thought he had won and was smug in his victory, smiling to himself, having the last word. Or so he thought. Then God raised up Jesus from the dead, and life and salvation became the last words. Whether you tell any jokes tomorrow or not, know that the joke on Easter Sunday morning was certainly told at death's expense, and that joke has become the source not only of momentary happiness on Easter Monday, but everlasting joy for you and for me and for all who place their lot with Jesus. By his promise, we believe that death is dead, that Jesus is alive and that we will live forever. We will be raised up on the last day. We Believe that the sacrifice of Jesus has been accepted by the Father and we have been made holy by him. By the grace of God we are who we are and his grace has not been given to us in vain. Today the resurrection is preached and we believe. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen.